on Cuda. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. How's your week, man? Sounds like you're feeling sick. Dude, it was it was a good weekend. I went up and hung out with some friends of mine who I haven't seen in three years. Oh, you're up in Edmonton, right? Uh, just south, just south. But uh, okay. yeah, it was it was really good, man. Hanging out with some people, visiting their, you know, they they've got kids who were just like babies when they last saw them. Now they're in school and. It was good just catching up and hanging out, and uh, I mean, obviously, I, I kept in touch to an extent, but you know, I love it when you're able to get together with people, and it's like you just pick up like you never, you know, stopped hanging out. That's great. I love that too. Yeah, like I mean, I felt that the I felt pretty much the exact same way when I came to see you and Brittany, but the difference is that you and I talk literally every week. And so That's true. it's not quite the same where I'd have like intermittent text messages with this guy like once every, you know, four to six months sort of thing. Like it wasn't, you know, continuous conversation by any means. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really good weekend, you know, played a little poker, which I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not a huge poker fan. No, it's a good time, man. But it's a good there, way to or, No, I out. came second. I lost in the final. Oh, there you go. That's not bad. But I was also kind of getting sick of it, so it was like, all right, let's just get that this is the this. thing, you know. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that. I go to a, like a networking thing, I think, but it's this poker event this local accounting firm puts on, actually, and it's super fun because it's like good group, like a ton of people, good to meet and mix and mingle and stuff, but good drinks, good food, good time. But it's like you don't want to be. It's probably like I want to say ten tables at the beginning, and it's like you want to balance between like not getting out right away and you definitely don't want to be in that last table though because everybody's hanging out and having a good time by that point and you're stuck playing poker. absolutely that's the thing that's the thing when you go out you like, almost want to be right in the middle if you can time it yes because you don't want to be the first guy out because that's boring and then you just stand there but then yeah. you definitely like i always look at those people on the last table well not for that long though because i'm busy you know yeah exactly <laughs> like oh look they're still playing and then i keep having a conversation have another drink <laughs> oh man yeah that's how i was feeling during this game i just the funniest part was I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on all that much. So whenever someone was like, you know, betting big, I was like, ah, screw it. I'll do it too. Because then at least if I lose, then I'm out. And then I can not get winning, eh? And yeah, I just kept winning with just trash cards. It was like a 4-6. Or one one hand that I won huge on was an 8-3. Wow. And I was like, well, okay. Like, that was the funniest one. Uh I think the funniest, so my buddy Brett was over my shoulder and I had a 4-6 and then I'm pretty sure a 7-8-9 came on the flop. Wow. And so <laughs> I was like, what? Good shuffling. <laughs> like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, of course I'm going to just sit there and hold it, right? Uh, yes. So, like, there 13. were just, oh man, there were a few hands where I won on the river and it was just like, I wasn't trying to win, I was just... I'm just winning. Oh, maybe. There you go. Also, like, when it comes to games like that, I try not to take them seriously because what's the point in getting competitive over a game of chance? Oh, yeah. But... Well, I mean, there's some strategy involved for sure. Course, but it's like, yeah, just enjoy but it. But at the same time, I, That's you what I like. It's a good reason to get guys in. together or people together, I should say, to hang out. And 
Yeah. That's true. So, tried to no. teach Brittany and Jocelyn, Brittany and her sister, how to play the other the other day. Actually, it wasn't uh, wasn't a good time or what? It was a good time. They didn't they didn't seem to care too much. Right. They enjoyed it though. I don't think they're ever like itching to play again. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a good time. It was a good time, but uh, by the by the end, I was like, okay, I'm I'm done. It was three hours. It. it was three hours of poker, so I was like, this is simply too much for me. But I was uh, I, I was happy. I, I joined in, but well, yeah, I mean, you're overall, making the rounds, eh? Seeing all your Alberta friends now that you're back here in town. Dude, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to catch up with everyone I can. Maybe see some people twice. You know, um, I got limited time before school starts back up, and then the reality is. I probably won't see anybody until at least February, and that's if the roads are good, you know? Like, I'm not going to go travel out of town. And then tax season, and then you're just MIA, right? That's exactly it. And then school again in May, so it's like... You have to go back to campus at all? No, no, it's all just through correspondence, but the fact is, is like, my life is pretty busy around, around the year with that stuff, unfortunately, and I get it. Like, next year, or sorry, two years from now is my last year where it's going to actually be like this and then i can finally breathe a sigh of relief and and hopefully be done completely but i got a bit of time till then so i just got to buckle down and take advantage of these you know stretches of time where i have the opportunity to go and visit with people right so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm also a single guy i don't have a girlfriend i don't have a wife i don't have kids i don't have a pet i have no responsibilities holding me anywhere so if i take advantage yeah, I can hop in the car and go see anyone that will have me for a weekend or even a Saturday or whatever. And, you know, I get that not everyone kind of has that same luxury to be able to just pick up and go. So it's like I might as well take advantage of it while I while I can, right? So yep. that was my weekend, dude. How was your weekend? How was your long, long good. Labor Day weekend? You know, I can, uh, yeah, for listeners, we're talking about the long weekend right now. I'm not sure when this episode, you're listening to this episode, but Labor Day weekend, it was good. Had some family in town. Brittany's little sister was here, and we floated down the river. We went horseback riding. They play golf, um, you know, so you know, it's just a good time with family. I appreciated that. It was pretty low-key, though, which is nice, too. So time kind out. of feels like the end of summer, you know, like it's weird that – there's three more weeks technically, but it's like Labor Day and that's it. Dude, it did you say like. you played golf? No, I didn't play. I was oh. with them though. I was gonna say because yeah, I got an Don't old man by. Because you guys didn't play golf when I was here. Yeah, well, that's the thing no, that was tough though. Not only that, it's more the fact that I don't need you hobbled for the rest of your life because of pride and a desire to play I golf. I know, right? So I chipped and putted, you know, and I did poorly okay. at that. But okay, okay. Uh, it was still nice, a perfect day on the golf course, and nobody's takes it seriously. It was Brittany's parents and her and her sister, and her. So no, it was good. It was good, but yeah, like I said, it feels like summer's over. Last couple of days have been nice, but Labor Day's done. So I know, man. Yeah, it feels kind of weird. It is a little more brisk. I won't lie, especially even in Drumheller here, where it's usually scorching hot during the summer it's been a little more cool this summer even this i don't want to call it the fall yet because i feel like that's an insult to summer but it does have like a fall vibe to it already a little bit it's cooler in the you know mornings and the evenings and i mean like i said it's still drum heller so you know the afternoons kind of pop every once in a while like today was a hot afternoon but i know yeah, that's what i've noticed like forever. jack in the morning useless by lunch you know that's exactly <laughs> it. like like, I got the heat on in the morning on my drive to work, and then yep. I got the AC on on my drive home. Yeah, exactly. And so it's exactly. like, make up your exactly. mind, weather. 
I need to. I'm with you. I need to get into a, a comfortable swing of things here. But, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I hear you. But you know, now that uh, summer is on its way out, I mean, to get to take a look and see what's going to be on the docket for winter movies. Dude, it's my segue. Do you like that segue? That wasn't bad. Move over summer <laughs> blockbusters, all right? Time for winter blockbusters. Time for the fall and winter, where, here's the thing, T, this is kind of the funniest part, because you should be more of a summer blockbuster guy. I am a summer blockbuster guy. I was because, just making that up. Because Those are when my movies come out. That's your wheelhouse. That is exactly your wheelhouse, whereas yep. I am a fall-winter guy, which is where all the Oscar bait kind of starts rolling in. This yeah, is where there's like a start. cutoff for Oscars for the next well, there season. there isn't. There isn't a cutoff, but the reality is that studios aren't stupid. They know when to have these come out. And it's typically November, late November, December, January is when you'll start seeing all the Oscar buzz kind of come around for these movies. And so, for instance, like Black Panther last year got a lot of hype, obviously, for the Oscars. And by that, I mean 2017, I guess. I have no clue, but they no, did win an Oscar for something. 2018. Early to that, but that came out in January, I believe, of 2018. Okay. But it's still legitimate for the 2019 Oscars. The problem is that it just came out so freaking early that people begin to forget about it, and recency bias starts to sink in, and people are more intrigued by the stuff they just saw, you know, four yeah. to six weeks ago rather than the stuff they saw 12 months ago. Yeah. So there's strategy behind these guys when they release their oscar buzz kind of movies um but you know it's even even in that sense there's still some good ones and let's get into it because something dropped today the trailer i actually saw it on instagram because i follow mr will smith on instagram shout out yeah well if you want to promote the movie on here we'll, we'll see if we can find time to get you on the podcast i mean we'll try um, and make our schedule work better, <laughs> we'd appreciate it shoot us an email um, I'd be up at no. like two thirty in the morning if necessary to be on here, all right? Let's <laughs> but uh, Bad Boys for Life, the third Bad Boys movie trailer drop. It's a solid two minutes and thirty seconds, so it's not like a teaser trailer. This is a proper trailer. Oh yeah, it's so funny because I feel like both Will and um, uh, Martin Lawrence are looking quite a bit older. You know, they put on some weight since the first movie, which came out. Over 20 years ago, if if we're doing the math here, it came out in 95, 96, somewhere around there, I yeah. think. Yeah, that was I'll one of Will Smith's up, first big movies, but... Yeah, outside, after The Fresh Prince, it was like, is this guy just a TV star, or is he the, the real thing? And Independence Day and Bad Boys put him away, right? But here's what Enemy I would of the say. State. I would argue that the original Bad Boys, while good, did not gain the same pump that Bad Boys 2 got. It's true. I, you know, it's funny because it's Bad Boys 2 was one of my favorite movies of all time for a while. I mean, and that's going to be a crazy thing for a lot of people to hear. Time out. Um, you want to hear that a came out in thing? Three. What? So here I was. It was like my first week of being at work uh, here in Drumheller. And I get this email from one of my bosses saying, hey, I need you to fill out these three questions. One of them was my hometown, where my favorite vacation spot is, and what my favorite movie is. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in my office. Who put down for his favorite movie, Bad Boys 2. So you're not like alone. It. It's a good film. It's a it good is. Film. You're right. You're right. It's great. I own it. I love it. It's good. It's a good film. And you know what? Listeners of the show or people who just know me know that I love the buddy cop genre. It's one of my favorite genres. And if I'm being honest, Bad Boys 
is a big part of the reason why I love the buddy cop genre because it's got everything. So it's funny. Because like, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they have great banter. They're funny. And the movie's super funny. But then it's full of action. Like, just so full of action, particularly Bad Boys 2. As well as, you know, the whole cop thing. Like, they're good guys trying to save, trying to do the right thing or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. It's just got all the pieces. It's my favorite buddy cop, you know, series. You I know have what? To, I gotta, gotta say, the out, only thing... Oh, yeah, there's another good one that... It doesn't have as much action, but it definitely has a humor to it. Yes. The only thing I could think of that could possibly compete with it and i i don't know that it would technically be buddy cops but i'm thinking if the fast and the furious ever did the spin-off that i was hoping they would which would have been Ludacris and tyrese's characters Robin oh yeah uh, good luck i don't think they would do anything with these two they had they've got great on-screen chemistry they you do have good banter great banter going back and forth and nobody does action like the fast and the furious it's true, but I don't know if those if I mean, they have enough it probably doesn't clout sell, to carry you know? a carry a movie. But, but no, that would be good, and that's why I like the bad the, the Fast and Furious franchise too. Because while it's not a buddy cop in the strictest definition, in a lot of ways it vibe. is. They're good guys, they're buddies, they're not cops technically, but they're the good guys. Yeah. Um, even though they're the bad guys, but that trailer uh, for Bad Boys Three, we recommend you go find it on on YouTube. Watch it in 4K if you can, because it looks good. Um, <laughs> lots of action. Like I said, Martin Lawrence looks especially. He looks big. Like he's put on some weight. Um, oh, dude, that was the but, first thing I noticed. He got out of that Porsche, yeah. and it was like, and I was like, Dang, that was a Ferrari, bro. wasn't it? But yeah, no. And then he not. dings, then he dings the, dings the door right away, which I thought was classic. Was it a Ferrari? I thought so, but I could I, be wrong. I thought it was a Ferrari at first. Then I thought it was a Porsche. And the only reason I thought Ferrari is because in Bad Boys 2, the silver car he drives down the highway when there's that... Is a Ferrari. Yeah. And so I thought, they must have some sort of deal with Ferrari, where they constantly are putting Ferraris in the videos, but or in their movies, but I wasn't 100% sure that it was a Ferrari emblem. Are you rewatching right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You, uh, let's see. See, the last let's second see. I thought it was Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is Porsche. Yeah, Dang you're right. Okay. I, I was really hoping it was Ferrari at first, though. I won't lie. No, you're right. And then you look at the headlights and the styling, like, you know, those Porsche, the way the headlights and the scooping yeah. um, front end? Yeah, it's for sure a Porsche. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Let me break down a couple of my thoughts on this, all right? And then I'll okay. let you have the have the floor with, with the rest of your breakdown. But my okay. my two thoughts is, one... They do this really weird thing in all three movies, and I'm finding it, especially in this, is the, like the weird dark, uh, like dark lit scene, um, where they're you know apprehending a, a criminal, I guess. Like for instance, in that one where he points the gun at that guy and then he beats up Martin Lawrence or whatever. But like, yep. if you look at the whole scene, it's really, really dimly lit. And I okay. noticed it only because I found they did the same thing in a number of scenes in number two as well. Mm. And not that it's, I don't know, I started catching on to these little stylistic little things like that. But the other thing I was going to say, well, one, they definitely look old. Yep. But two, I got a, I got a theory that one of them dies. You think so, hey? And it's got to be Martin Ooh, Lawrence. That's a, 
That's a wild theory. I don't expect that. Dude. To be you, the truth, but whew, I that's not a bad hunch. theory, though. That's not that uncreate. That's not a You can tell the Martin Lawrence kind of wants out. Oh, he's done. He's like, one last time? He's like, one last time. And it's like, you can really? tell that it's. You, you mean like t- in real life? He wants out? No. What's he doing? No, no, no. no. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> not in. Not in not in real life. I mean, his character oh, okay. kind of wants out of yeah, his yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I mean, that's like his shtick. He's done being a cop. Yeah, and and that was his shtick the whole last time as well. You know. Yeah. He was he was ready to get out, but then they pulled him back in with his sister, played by Gabrielle Union. Who I wonder if she'll make a cameo. You know what? I looked at the uh, IMDb listing. She is not listed as a character, which I was disappointed at, to be honest. I'm shocked. I thought her and that. Mike would have been together, but. But or so Will Smith's character, Mike Lowry. Wow, uh, you know, I wonder if ego comes in there. Do you think Dwayne Wade doesn't like the fact that his his girl oh. might be on screen with Will Smith? No, Come that's on, her job. Man. Like, like, get it together, man. If he doesn't, he's got to get over that. Hey, bro, you know she's Dwayne in Wade, a right? her and Jessica Alba. Speaking of that, are in a spinoff of Bad Boys. It's in the same universe. They're what? women cops. It's her character. You keep talking about Bad Boys. I'll look oh. that up. Yeah, please do. Anyways, I was just thinking, I've got a hunch that one of them has to, well, not has to die, but that'll be what, like, grabs everyone's heartstrings at the end of this movie. Because you're you're emotionally invested. People who are going to watch this have watched the first two. They're not going into Bad Boys for Life going, ooh, I wonder if that'd be a good movie for a Friday night. No, no, no. You have a, an, an established audience who's coming to see installment number three to a great franchise, and we all know... Trilogies are typically how things end. So oh, that's true. I mean, it so would make either, sense for them to end it somehow, but they either ride off into the sunset or, selfishly, I think clearly Will Smith is more marketable than Martin Lawrence, and so if Martin Lawrence were to somehow die serving in a line of duty, maybe takes a bullet for Will Smith or something, something that just like grabs you emotionally, then you're like, oh no. But, you know, I'm thinking that way, if they decide to go with a fourth one, Will Smith can just run the point and just do the whole thing. Maybe with, like, because doesn't Martin Lawrence's character have kids? Mmm, what's that? I hear Top Gun coming. Well, yeah, you might be right. I mean, I don't know. At the same time, I feel like if anyone dies, Mike Lowry dies, if I'm being honest. I feel like Mike Lowry dies if anybody dies. I could be wrong. I don't know. That's that's an but interesting. If they kill, I mean, if they kill Will Smith, they're one hundred percent closing the doors on this. Like, oh yeah, for sure. I don't can't. think it's unreasonable that this trilogy would be done. I mean, they wait ten years between movies, so it's kind of like it's true. Just, it's true. You know, it's ridiculous. Anyways, that's a good um, but yeah, you know, I I didn't even think about someone dying. You're right. That might be what they do. Dude, they might both I go just, out in a blaze of glory. I just felt it because you know what? They seemed old, and you could tell it, especially when he has that joke with those young guys who are trying to sing Bad Boys. You know what? And that's the thing I wanted to talk about. I really okay. like that they brought back the angry captain. Because I don't see yep. him in a lot of movies. So they brought back the angry captain from the original first two. Which is great. And he's pissed off about everything again. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love that they have those young guys on the team. Vanessa Hudgens of High School Musical fame was one of the oh, characters. Oh, she was in there. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the cast list afterwards, right? And, so, and then I didn't recognize the other guys. But, um, yeah. So they've got... Uh, you know, a whole, I don't know if they're going to really lay, lean into the next generation of things. I really don't see this being like passing the torch in terms of carrying the movie, 
but I like the idea of having a bigger cast with some other people getting involved in, in doing funny things and doing uh, interesting things, right? So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. And, and I did look up um, Gabrielle Union. It's LA's Finest is the name of the TV show. Uh, it's Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba, and she is the same character. I don't remember her name, but it's... Uh, what is the character's name here? Sydney Burnett, because Marcus Burnett is the uh, is, right. is Martin Lawrence's character. Uh, Sydney Burnett, and she is a DEA agent again in LA, and you know she doesn't get along with Jessica Alba's character, who's also a DEA agent or something. Um, Hold on. Is this crappy network television though? I don't know. I should watch it. Oh, I don't know. It's... So here's the re- <laughs> it, it just kills me when it's on a major network because let's be real, we're gonna get uh, what was it? We're gonna get training date here. Or yeah, or uh, rush hour. It? Yeah, rush like hour. we're gonna get maybe one good season out of this because if that, because like people just ain't into it in the same manner. If it, there's not the drama, it got uh, renewed for the second season. So here's the thing: ninety three percent of Google users like the show, but it only has a seven percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Ooh, that's taking a beating. Ugh. But I mean, it's funny because you know, but that shows you. Sometimes how snobby a, uh, a site like Rotten Tomatoes can be. I was going to say, it used to be Rotten Tomatoes was the go-to place, but I honestly feel like Google is a lot more honest because it's like, what is it, like that's, we always talk about this. It's like, okay, yeah, you watch the trailer. Movie. And, no, no, no. It's just like, what oh. do you expect? Like, that's what yeah. I want to know. I don't want to know overall if it's bad. I want to know for what it's trying to be, is it good or bad? You know what I mean? And yeah, so, I'm with you 100%. That was like when, do you remember when... Batman versus Superman came out and everyone just ripped on it. Now, granted, it wasn't the greatest movie on earth. But no, I don't think it was bad. trying to be. No, yeah. yeah, it was exactly what it wanted to be, and so. And, and that was my argument: was like, guys, they're not looking for Oscars on this film. They're not. They're not looking to compete with the Avengers. Like, they're just looking to try and be a comic book movie. Like, exactly. Let's, let's maybe relax just a bit. Exactly. Well, I feel like maybe I should watch LA's Finest. <laughs> yeah um it's funny though because i remember the trailer it starts with um jessica alba and gabrielle union i think they're in lingerie like pretending to have a pillow fight and they're like yeah right and they pull out guns and then they're like gangsters killing bad guys or something <laughs> like that and it's like oh boy <laughs> I was say, yeah, you got me with that trailer sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh anyways so bad boys now is becoming a universe maybe they're gonna try and make it into a um a universe of movies like they did with fast and the furious you know like you'll have these kids that uh maybe try to take over like the drug enforcement unit or whatever and so (sighs) either way tune in on uh january i don't know i think it comes out the 17th or 18th or something and then shortly after we'll have some thoughts if maddie was right on his prediction that would be quite impressive Dude, um, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. We'll see what happens. Uh, all I can say, though, is I don't know if you saw this one. This was from a couple weeks ago. I meant to bring this up to you several times already. Okay. But have you seen the trailer to the new Star Wars movie? Oh, I saw one of them. If it's... Yeah, I saw one or two of them. Bro, I don't know. If... This it was is pretty... how I'll know if you saw it. The final scene of the trailer had what in it? Some dude laughing. No, you definitely didn't see the one that I saw. Okay. Where Ray, boom, 
drops the Darth Maul double edged lightsaber, and I lost uh, my mind. I lost my dude. mind. I was like, oh man, a little nostalgia from the Phantom Menace, you know? Nobody has. Nobody liked that movie. It's so sad. I love that movie. Everyone who didn't like Darth Maul, that guy came out. Everybody liked Darth Maul. Nobody liked the Phantom Menace. I love pod racing. I had the pod racing video game on Nintendo sixty four. I that was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. It's the Phantom Menace. Something nostalgic wow. about it that one. Oh South yeah, because you just moved to Canada. Forward. I remember right. Exactly right, right, right around then. That's and right. so, I think it's a great movie. I didn't realize until I got much older and started talking to people who actually were considered themselves legit <laughs> Star Wars fans that this movie was terrible. But <laughs> see, I'm a strong believer in them all, man. I got no hate towards any. You know, Attack of the Clones drags a little bit, folks. Let's be real. But, uh, you know, aside from that, man, I, I love them all. But all I can say is when I saw that happen. And You're stoked, she, eh? She had, like, well, it popped up, and it was her face in the glow of two red lightsabers. And then she dropped it, and it snapped into place into, like, one double-sided. And I was like, one, nostalgia factor. But, two, I can't wait to see the fight where she's rocking that thing against whoever yeah. else. Because I'm guessing she's going to fight two people the same way that it took place. Yeah, Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the biggest my biggest frustration. We won't get too deep into Star Wars because I think it's a little niche. But they never had a training montage for Rey. We don't know why she's so good with the lightsaber. <laughs> we know she has strong powers, strong force powers. But it's like two minutes. Two minute training montage. You're good. She can do whatever. She can beat anybody. But it's like she should not be that good. She has never trained. It's it true. doesn't make any sense. It's very, very true. That's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. It wouldn't have taken much, but they just never did it. You know, and that's the thing, man. It's, I'm with you on that. They rushed it too much in that first one with her. But, you know, I'm, uh, I am pumped about it. But at the same time, it, you know, I do begin to wonder because, you know, Disney... Disney ain't stupid. They know that if this is a cash cow, they're going to just continue to milk it, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I think there was something special about Star Wars, how it came out in these groups of three. And we're coming up to the end of the third one, and there was chatter that there might be three more coming. And then it's like, well, how much can oh, yeah, you I really mean, get out of this, guys? Like, it's the movie-making machine. And oh, if there isn't right now, it'll just wait a couple years and then just reboot it. Right. Disney paid right. a bunch of money for it. They've gotten their money back, but it's still, you know, oh, man. crazy. Anyways, all I'm saying, folks, is if you haven't seen it, go check it out. If you ever watched The Phantom Menace and were as much of a Darth Maul fan as I was, you'll know that this was an awesome moment where you see her just drop that <laughs> thing and you're like, no way! I was Dude. losing my mind. Will. Dude, oh, as soon as That's you funny. see that double-ended, you're like, oh, like... You know how good it was in the first one, so naturally you know that this one's got to have some good action with it. I love it. Uh, Yeah. So, anyways. Cool, man. All right. Well, here, let me tell you what I want to talk about. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, I'm always trying to think of, not always, but like always thinking about the way life has been made easier. For us, for me, for with all these products and services that we've become accustomed to and 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 ways to make things easier. You know, that's the key to being an entrepreneur and finding something is like, okay, where's the structural inefficiency or something that just doesn't work and fix it and people will pay you for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were that's talking about some good That's a dream. That is the dream. People were talking about some good examples and I mean, the ones everybody are familiar with. Um, 
obviously the iPhone. And, and we were saying that one's wild too because it's like, you know, the initial iPhone didn't exist in a vacuum of smartphones. There wasn't the first smartphone, but just Steve Jobs' vision of how the uh, the apps and the app store where it's like, okay, I create an iPhone, I create this tool, and, and then we teach other people how to make tools to work off of it. It just changed the, it changed the world, right? It changed like 10 years, 12 years later now, I guess. It's like, who doesn't have a smartphone? You know what I mean? And so that, that takes real vision, but there's some even smaller things. Like um, here in Canada, a good example is e-transfer. I mean, Ooh, I'm sure you've e-transferred. Um, but it used to be, and for this, for those in the States or for other places, it's just Venmo. Um, you know, just easy way to move reasonable amounts of money between friends. You know, nobody's using cash that much anymore. It's like a check is a burden. So, you know, Maddie borrows 300 bucks. And I'm like, Maddie, just send me an e-transfer. Most accounts are free with it now, or it's just $1.50 otherwise. Great tool real easy, real flexible, you know what I mean? And so, and that's the thing. A lot of these inventions or updates or whatever, you don't even know you're using them. You know, you don't even know how, how easy it is. It's just become part of life. It's just ubiquitous. You know what I mean? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's the little things that we don't, that we almost like don't think about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to, keep riding the apple train or anything like that but as soon as you said iphone immediately i started to think of like ipods as well as like oh yeah microsoft had the zune um yeah i had one of those zunes which they didn't exactly last in the market but they did not you know the number of people who had little mp3 players um you know digitally transferring music was a huge change that people Sometimes I think forget. I mean, T, I don't know what your childhood was like in Turks and Caicos because I didn't have these for very long, but I remember having a Walkman when I was a kid. Yep. And then it turned into Discmans, which everyone had a Discman. I had a Discman, yeah. I didn't have a Walkman. <clears throat> and then from there, you know, I had some friends who had a mini disc player. I had a buddy who had a disc player. Yeah, yeah. And then it shifted into iPods. Yeah. And original iPods and each iteration build more and more songs that's exactly more and more convenience and now and they got more and more small and you know now we've gotten to a point where CDs are obsolete we don't need CDs anymore I don't even own a CD player in my house I have no idea how I'd play one really in my house so we got an Xbox but it's not hooked up right and and it's gotten to a point where that's exactly it we've become less and less inclined to even have devices with a cd drive so laptops today don't come with cd a disc drive anymore for the most part yeah don't need them and so it's like we we've done everything digitally so we've moved everything that carries i don't know what you want to call it data onto a digital platform of some regard the the most burdensome they come now is a thumb drive or or a you know a little hard drive like the size of i mean people can't see this but um I don't know how you want to call that. It's relatively small. Two credit cards. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the fact is, is like, we we slowly find these little things that we don't think about every day because, I mean, why would we? Um, that have just, you know, slowly improved our lives. Totally. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think of big ways, structural ways, that markets have changed, that have made it better for consumers that have made it better for you and I the little guy because ultimately 
you want competition, you want the consumer to benefit from most of these uh, efficiencies that are brought about. And a good example of this is the cell phone number. If you, you remember, when I first got a cell phone, I started, I think, with TELUS. And then if you wanted to switch to another provider, you had to switch your number. Do you know what I mean? And then if you wanted to switch again to another provider, you had to switch your number again. And then that meant getting your new number out there so many different times as a business owner, that's even worse because your number is so important to you as an individual. It's important, but not like a business. And then phone numbers stopped being, I don't know what happened, but it was like now it's like you would never think it wouldn't even be a consideration about how you would switch from TELUS to Bell to Rogers to any other phone company. You would just take your number with you. It's no problem. You're darn right. And, you know, I mean, we always complain here in Canada anyways about the lack of competition or how we're getting messed over by these phone companies. But that thing in general made it structurally easier for consumers to switch. I don't think phone companies would have been for it. They would have made up all these reasons why you shouldn't do it because that's one reason why people don't want to switch because it's like, wow, they've got my phone number. Everyone knows it. If you're a business, it's like, well, I definitely can't switch. I don't want people calling this other number. You know what I mean? And so now or when they made that so easy to keep your phone number with you, they increased. Um, now phone companies have to compete not on just the fact that they were there first. They have to actually compete on things that matter. Right. You know, and I, I think that's a, a good example of a structural one that really benefited the industry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good call. That's a good call. And that brings me to my next idea. I don't know how this is going to happen. But this okay. is a Tarek Williams prediction right now. I work in banking, so I see it every day how hard it is to change financial institutions, right? So if I want to switch from TD to Bank of Montreal, I have to get a new account number, a new checking account. If a business has to do it again, it's tough. And now the reason this is so tough is because everything is so automatic. So right now, you know, condo payments, mortgage payments, um, insurance payments in and out of my account constantly without me having to do anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? The gym, um, the CRA automatically puts money into my account every year without yep. me having to do anything. And it's like right now, it's like, okay, if I'm going to change banks, I have to figure all of that out, maybe have two bank accounts for at least a little while so in case something happens because businesses generally give you a hard time if they try to pull money and the account's closed and it's not sufficient funds. They charge you. They charge you money. I know, as a commercial banker, it is very difficult to convince—not to convince, but you know, when you're competing to get business, you have to really, really do. Um, like we're competing with just the fact that it's so hard to move, which shouldn't be the case. Like banks should have to compete on fees and service and um, the products and, yep. and you know things like that. But now they're competing on. Well, we were there for. <laughs> it's kind of Do you know true, what I mean? Right? And it's like I really, yeah, it's similar to the phone number situation. And I really think, and I Google this, and I didn't see anything, but there will be a day when either we all just have a universal bank account number. So it's like my bank account number is one, two, three, four. I choose TD to manage my account, and I pay their fees, and they hold my account number. And then it's like eventually, I'm like, you know what? I'm moving over to BMO. Right. Do you know what I mean? And then my account number stays the same because that's really the number that manages the transactions and then BMO manages my account. Do you know what I mean? Whereas opposed to me having to get a new account number to go to a new institution or if it's not assigned to me this account number, it's like I can take it with me like a phone number. 
instead of your account number being tied to the institution, it's tied to, to you can choose to get a new one or you can choose to take your old one with you, just like with a phone number, right? And so right. that, I think, I don't know how you convince banks to do that because it's like the first bank that does that makes it so that they're the easiest bank to leave. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like they have to agree to all do it at the same time and it's like the government will have to make them do it because why would they do it? It's not in their interest. You know, that sort of structural suckiness keeps people where they are, you know? Well, I, so I think the other problem with it too, Tarek, is you would then be giving all the power back to the client. Yeah, that's good. I love it. It's it's good from your perspective. As a client? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it, it may not be good from their perspective, right? So it's like... I don't think it is from their perspective, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I mean. That's why I think, you know, it's a good structural change. That's like, I don't think banks should get your business just because it's hard to move. That's exactly the sort of structural inefficiency that technology has solved for us so much in the last 20 years, 10 years. That's a good point. And I think... And I think, I don't know, somebody will figure it out. I don't see, you know, you have to sort of lobby government or something like that. You know what I mean? Like to be the first bank that they might build you some goodwill. But you know what I mean? Other than that, you're not going to really see an industry insider, I don't think, pushing for it. But this is a Tarek Williams prediction. That will be a thing. I don't know if it'll be my kids, but maybe my kids won't have to worry about how hard it is to switch banks. It's just, you know, just like switching up cell phone company you know you don't lose your number you don't That's, have to reset yeah. up all your automatic payments you don't have to tell all your friends i have a different number hey man <laughs> i will never disagree with you on that i think it's great but yeah you know, whether or not it ever happens i mean you would have to have some sort of shift where the banks feel it's in the client's best interest to then almost in a sense manipulate them the same way we do with like cell phone companies and whatnot um, yeah. Or internet providers. Like, you think about it, like, those guys aren't, you know, slaves to us, but at the same time, we're able to drop them and pick up someone new as we please. Yep. Um, and they know that. And so it would be the same thing if those companies made it extremely difficult. You know, do you remember when you were probably in high school? Because I think that's when I. I mean, I guess just the pre-smartphone era. So even in our early college days, I guess, as well, um, I was a TELUS customer since I was 16 up until this last year. And the entire time, all my cell phones, before iPhones, of course, always said TELUS on them. Right. And that's because they were TELUS phones. Yeah. And so the same way that smartphones then unlocked our ability to shop around and go from one distributor to another without having to get rid of our or get a new device or get rid of our current one. I mean, yeah, it would be ideal to get to that point with other things in our lives, but I just don't, I just don't know how feasible that is because you're dealing with possibly far bigger amounts of money than the, classic you know sixty dollars a month or whatever right there are clients yep. within banks that hold millions upon millions upon billions you know like yeah and it would be a big fight because uh, banks so hold a lot of power and they make a lot of money imagine you know, but i think bank... ultimately the consumer benefits absolutely 
But that's the thing is you're, like I said, you're only looking from the consumer's point of view. And you have to think about the institution itself. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they have to make money. That's yeah, why I don't they think exist. They'll, I don't think they won't make money. I think they'll be fine. They have to compete now, not on the fact that it's hard to change. They have to compete on actual products and services that people need. And, you know, For that's sure. the way it should be. That's the way they should compete. I would agree. That makes you, it more fair. I would agree with you to an extent, but I also think that there are going to be things like interest rates that then shift people's kind of uh attitudes towards what bank they keep their hold their money at and the problem with that is that interest rates and whatnot are not a variable that banks can kind of change they control interest rates unless like the ones they they offer right but there's also interest rates that are based on you know economics of like at a at a country level not just a totally but you know different banks pay different interest rates and charge different interest rates right now it's just hard for me to you know like if i wanted to switch banks like for everyday stuff it's actually pretty tough yeah just not easy right and so they've made the account opening process quite a bit easier i mean we've got a lot of online banks now so you don't have to go into branches anymore i don't 100 percent understand or know how they verify who you are but they do so that process has gotten easier. It's just the fact that you have to get a new account number and re- redo all your automatic payments. Now that everything's automatic, that makes it right. tough. You know, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, and I'm sure there's uh, someone who's very knowledgeable of the banking system in general that understands that, you know, beyond that, like each bank probably has their own like payment processing and back office functions attached to that number. It's not like a centralized process. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you can't just switch the number because BMO's whole pipeline of making your account number works will not work on TD's whole pipeline of making your account number work. Right. You know what I mean? And so, I, you know, you need some sort of central processing. I'm sure there's something in place, but it needs to be more robust, probably funded by the banks where everybody uses the same central processing, so it doesn't matter so much whose account number it is, but... Either way, that's that's something I hope happens and I predict will happen. Um, it's funny you mentioned the cell phones because there was a time where you couldn't take your Rogers phone to Bell or to Telus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like some phones had SIM cards, some cards, some phones didn't. It was even smartphones. And it was just last year, actually, or two years ago, I think, the CRTC, the Can- Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Council, made cell phone companies in Canada no longer lock phones to particular carriers. So Telus phone now can work on any carrier and vice versa. And that was a rule they made. Um, and I remember that because Brittany and I like to, when we travel, we'll put a SIM card in from whichever local carrier oftentimes. Right. Um, so we can get data to do Uber and stuff. But it's like you have to have an unlocked phone to do that. And Telus was our provider and her phone just missed the cutoff, but they'll unlock it for free for you because they can no longer have locked phones. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, that's you know similar deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Uh, well, hopefully, this will be making history here. That's my big idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you're listening and you're wondering, you know, if you're thinking of different things that you might uh, you might know of that make our lives easier, and we, you know, will I guess appreciate it, but we maybe just don't notice it on a day to day basis. Then let us know, or maybe don't let us know because we might steal the idea. Won't lie to you. Oh, right. We might. 
I'm still holding out that uh, a cold pizza restaurant is going <laughs> to hit it big. on the cold pizza restaurant. Um, you know, let me tell you another idea. I have, this is These are the frustrations in my life, I guess. How much should we stuck, get stuck paying for phone bills here in Canada? Ooh. I really think the problem is when I go to TELUS and I negotiate, I, it's just one guy just by myself yep. saying, hey, give me a deal. If we could somehow have a a group like me, you, we get 500, 1,000, 10,000 of our closest friends, and we collectively bargain with TELUS. I don't know how, but you know, big companies do that all the time. You know, like a big firm will say, hey, we've got a deal with the firm or with TELUS because they provide our work phones. You can get a deal on this, right? Um, but how do you do that for the regular consumer? You join this, uh, I don't know, cooperative or whatever, and it's 10,000 of us, and we go to TELUS and we say, hey, we got a group of 10,000 people we need phone plans. What can you do for us? And then you can throw that cloud around and get some better pricing and be more competitive. You know, I think that would be valuable. I don't know how you organize the group because it would almost be better to, you know, increase your leverage if you can actually be discriminating in your group and say, look, everybody in our group makes this much to this much income. They uh, generally have this credit kind of credit. You know, these guys pay their bill. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah, I guess the only thing with that is one. Where do you find 10,000 people that are considered friends? Two, you'd all have to be on the same carrier to begin with or be willing to change to one particular one. And three, everyone would have to agree on what the terms are in terms of cost and everything else. Although you wouldn't, you would, it would be like, okay, here's our more aggressive pricing across our, across our product line for this group. Do you know what I mean? Like we've negotiated that. If you want to bring your own device, this is your price. If you want to get a, a phone, this is what you pay for the phone, plus your two-year plan. That's cheaper or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah it would maybe that. be with just one provider. Maybe you can, yeah, you know what I mean? And so maybe that's, I don't know. Like I know right now if I had that option, I don't know how it would work. I would be like, well, I guess that makes sense, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I like that idea. I like. I that think idea. the idea of collective bargaining for a lot of things, as opposed to just in terms of union and pay, makes sense. You know, because when you negotiate as a group, you actually have clout. Like me talking to the phone person, you know, like that's literally like I'm just one. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're one guy. I get that. I get yeah. that. I think it's just hard to find that many people who would all be interested in doing that with you. For that specific um, reason, yeah, you exactly. almost need like a bunch of different things you're collectively bargaining on. That's but... exactly it. You don't bargain on one thing in life, Derek. Exactly. But, you know. Or you tack it on to an existing group of people. Maybe it's your insurance provider. Maybe it's your financial yep. institution. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Either way, maybe, hey, if you guys listeners have some ideas that you think, you know what, I would like to see this happen. Or, you know what? This is a pain in my butt, and why has this not gotten any easier? Despite all the things we seem to have figured out in the last couple of years, you know, let us know. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to be, you know, to to hear what bothers you. You know what I mean? Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Hmm. Um. Ah, oh, dang it! I had a little bit of a Tarek tantrum for you too. Uh oh. Dang it! What was it about now, T? Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. I Probably can't not remember too important. now. No, it really wasn't. Also, I will say though, hey, let me ask you, what what does gas go for down in the Medicine Hat area? 
Honestly, no, Costco. I have, no I have no clue, but let me take the gander. Let's see. We'll just search gas. For everybody who doesn't know, if you search gas station in Google Maps, it will tell you the price of gas at the various gas stations. Really? Uh, some of them. Not all of them. 108. It looks like at the co-op across the street. Bro. Where I was this weekend, it was down to 91. In Beaumont? No, not Beaumont. Come on, no. It was Devon. My bad. Uh, that's wild. Good for... Wow. 91, bro? And they said at Costco, it's like close to 80 cents. Really? Why is it so cheap there? Is it Alberta? I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. As I had to explain to them how gas in Williams Lake when I left was like a buck thirty-five a liter. So, needless to say, I thought you might get a kick out of that one. All yeah, right, eighty folks. cents. Man, that sucks. Keep keep fighting the uh, keep fighting the gas battle, ladies and gentlemen. Ride a bike. Do what you got to do. Maybe hitchhike. Maybe don't. Actually, just kidding. Hitchhike. Do it. Say, um, talk to me. Told me. <laughs> Doctor, no, definitely don't do that. But uh, anyways, uh, y'all have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next week. Talk to you guys later.